Hello, old Blaine family. This is a little different, isn't it? I feel like I'm Mr. Rogers walking into the room. I need to put on my cardigan and my, my change of shoes. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you being here this evening. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to begin reading in verse 12. Paul writes, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food, but God will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. Now God has not only raised the Lord, but will also raise us up through his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? May it never be. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says the two shall become one flesh, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own, for you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Why do people behave in church? Why do we do our best not to sin when we're at church? I'm sure you've noticed, if you've been to Oldham Lane at all, that no one is throwing back shots of tequila, no one is gambling, no one is smoking a cigarette, no one's smoking a joint. Why? Well, the obvious reason is because we believe that church is different, right? And because we believe that this place is different, we dress differently, we talk differently, we act differently because that's what's going on in church. It's about being different. You clean up, not just outwardly, but inwardly as well, at least for the hour or so that you're here. And to all of those who believe this way, Paul says, or do you not know? Do you not know? It's a question that's really not a question at all. In essence, Paul says, Church isn't a building, it's a body. Look with me at what is written in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, beginning in verse 1. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, beginning in verse 1, it says, Then the king David said to the entire assembly, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is still young and inexperienced, and the work is great. For the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now with all my ability, I have provided for the house of my God, the gold for the things of gold, and the silver for the things of silver, and the bronze for the things of bronze, and the iron for the things of iron, and wood for the things of wood, onyx stones and inlaid stones, stones of antimony and stones of various colors, and all kinds of precious stones and alabaster in abundance." Moreover, in my delight in the house of my God, the treasure I have of gold and silver I give to the house of my God, over and above all that I have already provided for the holy temple, namely 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the buildings, of gold for the things of gold, and of silver for the things of silver, that is, for all the work done by the craftsmen. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? What made the temple the temple in the Old Testament? What made it so special? Was it the ornate decor? The massive cost? No. What made the temple special 
was who was in it. For the Israelites, the temple was the sacred meeting place with God. It's where they worshipped, made sacrifices, and presented their requests to God. Before the temple, there was a tabernacle. And what made the tabernacle so special? We can go back to Exodus chapter 25, verses 1 and following, where it reads, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution for me. From every man whose heart moves him, you shall raise my contribution. This is the contribution which you are to raise from them. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet material, fine linen, goat hair, rams skins dyed red, porpoise skins, acacia wood, oil for lighting, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, onyx stones and setting stones for the ephod and for the breast piece. Let them construct a sanctuary for me that I may dwell among them according to all that I am going to show you as the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furniture, just so you shall construct it. So what made the tabernacle so special? The fact that it was furnished with such greatness? No. What made it special was the whole reason for its existence, the fact that God chose to dwell there. And I want you to notice something highly important about both the temple and the tabernacle. Both were costly. David contributed a variety of costly items to the construction of the temple. The people of Israel contributed a variety of costly items to the building of the tabernacle, not to mention the labor involved in the actual construction. So why is this important? Because it shows that dwelling with God is worth more than any precious stone or wealth. And dwelling with God comes at a price. You were bought with a price. The temple that is your body, isn't cheap. A heavy price was paid so that the Spirit of God could dwell in you. You know, we live in a body-conscious world. There are all sorts of products on the market designed to make you thinner or more muscular or healthier or better looking or less bald or, or taller with fuller lips. Diets abound. Gyms are popping up all over the place. Even restaurants like McDonald's are offering healthy alternatives. And there's great concern in our society about high cholesterol, reducing one's salt intake, eating more roughage, cutting carbs, drinking a thousand gallons of water a day. And while all of this may lead to a healthier, fitter, better version of you, there is another dimension that we must concern ourselves with. The day you become a Christian, something happened to your body. Your body became a little temple, a little tabernacle for God to dwell. And that has significant implications. Here's the thing about the temple and tabernacle of old. There was only one in a particular location. There weren't numerous temples or tabernacles in various places. There was but one. But when Jesus came, he eliminated the need for one temple in a single location. Now there are many temples, Instead of a temple, we have the church. And what's so special about the church? What makes it so special? Well, the same thing that made the temple or tabernacle special. The fact that God dwells there. His spirit dwells in us, and we come together to form one unified assembly of temples, if you will, where we praise God who has chosen to take up residence in our hearts. Let me ask you. What do the following places all have in common? Mount Fuji, Machu Picchu, the Pyramids, Stonehenge, Easter Island. 
These are all considered to be sacred sites. You can Google sacred sites sometime and take note of the many different places that come up. I did that, and as I scrolled through the list of sacred sites, on not one of them did I find my name. I didn't feel too bad once I realized that I didn't see any of your names either. But we should be listed because that's who we are. Paul makes it clear that we are sacred sites, that we are holy spaces. That means that using this sacred space for a purpose that doesn't glorify God is defacing the temple where our Lord dwells. It's like a Levitical priest bringing an unauthorized sacrifice or making a sacrifice to an idol. Please hear me on this, folks. A person is in you. Therefore, you must be careful where you go. You must be careful what you do. You must be careful what you think. And you must be careful how you react. With the Spirit dwelling within you, every word, every thought, every action is in view. You know, in an effort to discern right from wrong, as well as maybe to attempt to justify actions, we oftentimes ask the question, will this send me to hell? Another related question is, is this a salvation issue? Is this really going to send me to hell? Is it really, am I really going to go to hell? Is God really going to send me to hell if I smoke a cigarette? Is God really going to condemn me for all eternity because I have a beer every now and then? And the condemner might turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and say, yes, your body is a temple and anything you put in that temple is harmful. It's defacing the house of God and therefore you are sinning. But, you know, I, I don't like the reasoning on either side because I think it's starting with the wrong question. Instead of asking the question, will this send me to hell? The better question is, what glorifies God? That's the question we should start with. If I am a little temple, if the Holy Spirit is living in this little tabernacle, then the better question is, what should my life look like? What glorifies God the most? What am I thinking? What am I doing? What am I saying? Not will I go to hell if I do this or that, but what most glorifies God? As a little temple, what is he glorified by? In Exodus chapter 40, verses 34 and 35, it reads, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Notice what was written in 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. It happened that when the priests came from the holy place, the cloud filled the house of the Lord so the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. What happened when God took possession of the tabernacle and the temple? He filled them with his presence. His glory consumed every square inch. And what happens when God takes possession of us? Well, he fills us, does he not? That's what makes us so special. Not the fact that we have rippling muscles or that we're good looking or, you know, maybe we have a full head of hair or whatever. Now, what makes us special is not the ornate, the covering on the outside. What makes us special is who fills us. The fact that we are a temple 
and that God dwells in us. Listen again. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food, but God will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. You know, there are some people who believe that the flesh really serves no purpose, that it's just disposable, that it's a shell and we don't really need it. But that's not what Paul says. In fact, this isn't the only place that he talks about the necessity of the body and how the physical is important. God made you. He created you. And therefore, your body is important. He goes on to say, now God has not only raised the Lord, but will also raise us up through his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? May it never be. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? In other words, Paul is saying, because you're a little temple, because God fills you, and because your body is important, because it's a house for God, then you need to be careful in how you live your life and the things that you engage in. For he says, two shall become one flesh, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. And then he goes on to say, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. You have been bought with a price. You are not your own. This whole, it's my body, my choice thing that doesn't add up when you go to the scriptures. Paul says, you belong to someone else because God fills you and he has taken possession of you. Therefore, glorify God in this little temple. Let's pray. Our most kind and gracious heavenly father, thank you so much for another day for an opportunity to worship you today. Although we couldn't be together in person, God, we thank you for the technology that allows us to, to still engage. And we pray, God, that this COVID mess will be over soon, that we can get back together, gathering as a church body to worship you in person, to fellowship with one another. We pray for all of those who are dealing with COVID at this time, whether directly or indirectly, we pray for all of those among our own congregation who are struggling with various ailments. We pray for their families, and we pray for our community, God, for our frontline workers, for our doctors, our nurses, all of those who are doing their best to be diligent with this virus. Help us, God, to glorify you in all that we do. May we, as little temples, show others what you look like and show what it means to be possessed by you and how it is truly the best life. We love you, God. It's in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Looks like the lights went out in my office. Thank you so much for tuning in. I guess that's my cue to go. Thank you. We'll see you next time.